good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So we have some late breaking news as I was actually recording this podcast tonight. So I'm just going to add it in at the beginning and the rest of the podcast will continue. Phuket is entering a semi-lockdown from August 3rd to August 16th. Basically, entering the island will be forbidden except for deliveries, uh, medical emergencies and things like this. But regular folk, Thais and expats will be banned from entering the island. Leaving the island is perfectly fine, but getting onto it will be not. The Phuket sandbox model will still continue, so that will be allowed to continue. International travelers will be allowed to still enter Phuket, but Thai and expats within Thailand will not be. And even if your home is in Phuket and you're outside of it as of August 3rd in another part of the country, you will not be getting back in until at least August 16th. So I just wanted to update you on that information and we'll continue on with the rest of the show. So let's jump into today's daily COVID numbers. There were a record high of 165 COVID-19 fatalities and 17,669 new cases over the past 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Thursday morning. There were 17,408 cases in the general population and 261 among prison inmates. Now, going back to the story from yesterday where the Prime Minister was predicting that things would be reduced in two to three weeks, he has now revised that and made it uh, four to six weeks. So apparently the uh, clairvoyant that he goes to see has given him a new prediction because uh, the one that he gave yesterday was incorrect. But as you can see, most people can see the trend is upwards right now. And if you look around the country, the numbers are just continuing to rise and areas that haven't seen COVID before are now seeing it. Now, our first story is about the Samui Plus program, which teeters on the brink. The Samui Plus scheme risks cancellation if infections double from the current rate, with the planned 7 plus 7 island extension already postponed until the situation improves, according to the Tourism Authority of Thailand. Tat Governor Yutasak Supasorn said after a discussion with Koh Samui office in Suratani province on Thursday, the reopening plan is still on despite a record high in new infections. However, if the infection rate grows to twice the current number of 20 22 cases in the next one to two days, the postponement or termination of the Samui Plus model will be considered, he said. The plan for tourists to island hop after seven days stay in Phuket, only recently approved, has already been put off due to the recent spread of the virus, Mr. Yutasak said. Under the Samui Plus rules, if there are more than 20 COVID-19 cases logged at hospitals over two weeks, tourists have to stay in area quarantine facilities. Ratchaporn Pulsawadi, president of the Tourism Association of Koh Samui, said there are no severe COVID-19 cases on the island at the moment, but the island must prepare more beds to help with hospital caseloads. Hotels are converting to hospitals, with more than 200 beds for patients with mild symptoms. If total cases at hospitals reach 40 within two weeks, the COVID-19 centre of Koh Samui plans to implement more stringent measures or it could revoke the whole plan, said Mr. Rechaporn. The island is conducting a search for people who visited Speedy Lounge and Bar and Mai Beach and Black Bamboo Club, which are linked to one of the new COVID-19 patients. He said local authorities are taking more decisive action against businesses that violate the regulations, especially bars and clubs. The plan is still to reopen because most new cases were locals. 
not foreign travellers, said Mr. Ratchaporn. The situation requires close monitoring, said Chachan Kunjahar, Deputy Governor of Marketing for Asia and South Pacific of TAT. Kosamui tightened measures for domestic arrivals from dark red and red zones, requiring negative COVID-19 tests no more than 72 hours old, starting on July 26th, even among the vaccinated. Only one foreign visitor tested positive out of 78 total arrivals on the island. So like everywhere in Thailand right now, an island like Kosamui is not immune from COVID. Um, it seems it started at a bar or a couple of clubs, probably not meant to be open that late, but... You know, the authorities all turn a blind eye to these things. And then suddenly when there's an outbreak and everything, it's, oh, we have to be strict now. Well, why weren't you strict before at the beginning? It doesn't make any sense. But it's the way they operate here. They're always reacting to things rather than being proactive about things. There's no surprise that there are cases like this. Now, our next story, Tourism Ministry reduces mandatory stay under Phuket Sandbox to seven days. The Ministry of Tourism and Sports have revived the conditions of the Phuket Sandbox program, reducing the duration of the mandatory stay in Phuket to seven days if the arrivals spend the following seven days on sealed routes in five other provinces. Tourism and Sports Minister Pitipad Rachapakarn said he had consulted Prime Minister Priya Chanacha about launching the sealed routes using Phuket as a hub from which tourists can expand their travels to the other provinces, reports state news agency NNT. Mr. Piapat said tourists will be able to spend seven days on Phuket and be tested for COVID-19 twice before they're allowed to travel through the sealed routes to Krabi, Panya and Samui, which will begin to tourists in August. Sealed routes to Chiang Mai and Lampoon will open in October, said the report. Mr. Piapat added that Hua Hin district in Pachakiri Khan and Cha'am in Pechaguri province are expected to welcome foreign tourists from October 1. Bangkok and Pattaya, which are still dark red zones for high risk of COVID-19, will remain closed until the fourth quarter, Mr. Piapat noted. Burian province will also remain closed with the cancellation of the Thailand Motorcycle Grand Prix, he added. Now, just also an update on Phuket. The Phuket Sandbox has actually been put on a two-week watch now. The Phuket Sandbox scheme will continue for at least two more weeks while officials monitor the fallout from the rise in the COVID-19 infections on the island, said the uh, Deputy Director of the Department of Disease Control. Now, basically what they're saying there is that if uh, they start to run out of beds, that it may have to be uh, shut down because they just won't be able to cope with the amount of infections, which is a far cry from what the governor was saying yesterday, where he was saying under no circumstances would this be cancelled and that Phuket's in this for the long run. Now, talking about the opening up of the seven plus seven days, now, currently, Panya province is in the midst of its most COVID cases it's had since the pandemic started in April of last year. Areas even where I live that were unaffected by COVID are now seeing COVID pop up. We've had 20 to 30 cases just in a small area where I am at the moment, and it's spreading throughout the province. Uh, one of the local hospitals is now shut down, will not be taking inpatient or outpatient, and it's only going to be used for COVID-19 patients. There's a lot of effort to get these kind of sealed routes up and going. And as I said previously, I'm not quite sure this is the time to be doing these, especially in areas like Panya province, which is not an island, it's not sealed. And there's no way to truly seal a mainland area unless you call in the army to shut down the whole place, which will not happen. People will always get through these checkpoints. You know somebody, you know, you know a guy and he'll let you through. That's how it is around here. So I'm not sure what exactly the plan is. It seems that they've been taken by surprise, especially in this province, in relation to the COVID outbreak here. And I'm not really seeing very much being done about it. 
The entry restrictions, for example, into Pania are quite strict, but unfortunately they don't have anybody to implement these restrictions. There's no checkpoints at the borders when you come in. Hotels are meant to check all these things for staying guests. A lot of hotels, from my knowledge, do not. They just let the guests stay because they want the money, rather than making sure that these people are have their vaccine certificate or have their PCR test. So those things are still not being done. This is exactly why we have COVID up in Panya right now. And it's kind of getting a little more serious than it was, you know, a few months ago. I'm starting to see people who I know personally having to do quarantine now for 14 days for being in close contact with people. And yeah, it's a little scary when you haven't been used to seeing COVID around you. And we've kind of been buffered from it up here for quite a while. And yeah, so you know people, maybe you know somebody suddenly got COVID and it becomes a little bit more real for you. Fingers crossed things will get better. I'm not so confident right now at this current moment in time because I don't believe the measures that are being implemented throughout the country are working because, well, frankly, I don't believe they're actually being implemented. There are rules, the regulations, but nobody's following them. Keep our eye out for you and we'll report back on any updates on this story. Now, the next story is in relation to media freedoms within Thailand, and this has been a growing concern over the last year, especially with the implementation of the emergency decree, and now the government setting up these fake news command centers to track down people publishing fake news and to take action against them. The only problem with this is the government is deciding what is fake news, and that leads us to big problems. But the Thai media vow to fight until the government lift restrictions on free expression. This story is coming from Thai PBS. The National Press Council of Thailand, the News Broadcast Council of Thailand, the Thai Journalists Association, the Online News Providers Association, the Thai Broadcast Journalists Association, and the National Union of Journalists of Thailand issued a joint statement today demanding that the government lift all restrictions imposed under the emergency decree on freedom of expression by people and media. The media organizations referred to their previous joint statement issued on July 15th, expressing concern over the restrictions under Section 9 of the Emergency Decree to deal with what the government has described as fake news, which may cause public panic or misunderstanding of the emergency situation in a way which may jeopardize national security, public order, or good morals. Instead of heeding the media organization's concern and, and a call for a review for such restrictions, the media organization said that on Tuesday, Prime Minister Priot Chanacha, in his Facebook post, said he had instructed authorities to enforce the restrictions rigorously against the media, media personalities, and all web pages allegedly engaging in disseminating fake news. The Prime Minister's latest instruction and the government's threat to resort to legal action against free expression by the people is a clear indication of the government's attempt to restrict expression by both the media and the people, said the media organizations, adding that the government's claim of the need for such restrictions demonstrate the lack of responsibility for its own failure communicate with the people which in turn is a result of the prime minister's mismanagement the media organizations admitted however that some media outlets had presented inaccurate news but it was not done intentionally nor was the news were deliberately fabricated as alleged by the government they called on all media agencies and media professionals to demonstrate collectively through all legal means and forms to demand the lifting of the restrictions and to exercise more caution in their news presentation in accordance with journalistic ethics the six media organizations have vowed to hold continuous activities to express their objection to the restrictions until the government understand and realize that its attempt to restrict free expression may finally lead to its own downfall, according to the statement.
So that's quite the statement from six of the leading media organizations here in Thailand. I do feel that a lot of the media here tend to get themselves caught up in self-censoring themselves when they are publishing content for fear of repercussions from the government. If you ever read a lot of stories in the Thai news press, you might be banging your head wondering why the journalists never follow up with actual questions that would put the government under pressure. And that's mainly for fear and no other reason. I see a lot of articles in the Bangkok Post and other places where it's very obvious that what the minister is saying during a press conference is completely false or misleading, but the media never call them out on it. And that's a great shame. There are just too many laws in this country that protect people who do actually disseminate fake news. Now, defamation and the Computer Crimes Act are used regularly in Thailand to shut people up. And for example, defamation here is actually a criminal law, not civil, which it is in most countries. The burden of proof on the person that apparently has been defamed is not to prove that what the person said was false true it's just to basically say well you've defamed me even if what you said is true I'm going to try to get you fined and put in jail and that's the biggest problem here in Thailand is they are so fearful of the truth in this country that they resort to these kind of tactics of trying to shut people up with the claim that it's all fake news unfortunately we all know from many countries that the biggest source of fake news is governments all around the world but truthfully I really don't think their letter is going to make much of a difference they'd really need to make a public stand against the government but I don't think that will ever happen. And what do you think about all this? I mean, in your own country, do you feel that the government are the biggest source of fake news? Um, or do you believe what your government tells you a lot of the time? I'd love to know what you think in the comments down below. Now, our next story, and talking about fake news, in New Low, the Thai health minister blames packed jab scenes on camera angles. Don't believe your eyes, Thailand's health minister says. This is fine. Responding to alarming scenes at Bangkok's Ban Su Grand Station of crowds cramming inside for vaccination without crowd control to keep them apart, controversial health minister Anutan Sharnavakul claimed that viewers could be tricked by camera angles or whatever. I can confirm this because I go there four days a week. The place is crowded only in the morning. And when I arrived there, it wasn't crowded, Anathan said yesterday. Camera angles or whatever can make a place look crowded. In case that's not clear enough, it wasn't crowded when he got there. Therefore, it couldn't have been crowded. Those who don't want to face a big crowd shouldn't show up for vaccination until the afternoon, he said. Being beleaguered by a stray mouth, scandals, botched vaccine procurement and a spiraling public health crisis doesn't seem to have dimmed Anathan's star with the powers that be. In fact, no one of consequence has been held publicly accountable for all the missteps that brought Thailand from pandemic success story to failure. Anathan's callous attempt to deny reality was quickly taken apart by another video of the huge crowd shot from a car speeding by on the motorway. Now, as you probably can see from my thumbnail, that picture on my thumbnail is of the crowds at Bang Su Grand Station. So basically, this guy is saying that, well, because it's not crowded when he goes, that means it's not crowded and it's the camera angles that are making it look crowded. Well, I have never, ever heard so much bullshit in all my life. And that's as truthful as I can be about it. Yes, they're crowded. They're packed. There's no social distancing. It's been on every news channel and newspaper for the last week. Everybody can see it. It's not a camera angle. It's absolute chaos when get people get there because it's walk-in vaccination and people are rushing to get there to get vaccinated. And that's exactly why it is. 
It might not be crowded in the afternoon. That's probably because people are finished for the day. He probably turns up at three in the afternoon when it's about to close. But anyway, that leads us into another story in relation to seven volunteers in the in Bangkok under probe over vaccination registration scam. Seven volunteers helping people in the Bangsu Grand Station vaccination to register for COVID-19 inoculation appointments are under investigation by railway police, but no charges have yet been filed. Today, Thursday the 29th, marked the first day of mobile phone registrations for vaccination appointments at Bangsu Station for people aged 18 and over for inoculations in August. In addition to Vulnerable groups being prioritized, namely people over 60 and pregnant women and those with any of the seven specified diseases and those weighing over 100 kilos. Police Major General Amnot Tripot, commander of the railway police, said today that a number of other people are also suspected of being involved in the scam, which was reported to the police yesterday by representatives of the Department of Medical Services. He also said that several people will be summoned for questioning, including those who did not register themselves but sought the help of some volunteers at a cost ranging from 400 to 1,200 baht per head, payable in cash or by money transfer. Thailand's four mobile phone service providers, AIS, True, DTAC and NT, have been offering services to facilitate advanced online registration for vaccinations at Bangsu Grand Station. Meanwhile, Dr. Mingwan Vicharat, director of the vaccination facility at the station, said that officials detected something unusual in the registration system last week, with additional registrations taking place after closing hours. Further investigation showed it was the volunteers who made the registrations for about 2,000 people via the true mobile phone system during the off-duty hours, he said. She warned people who want to get vaccinated to register by themselves and not to fall prey to con artists who demand payment in return for a promise to secure them a vaccination appointment. Registration for vaccinations at Bangsu facility opened today at 11am, about two hours late due to technical problems. 20,000 doses are administered each day half of which for the newly registered groups. True and DTEC separately announced today that the quota for the 18 to 59 age group had been fully booked. Those over 60 and people afflicted with any of the seven underlying diseases can, however, still register via the website of the two phone service providers. There have been complaints from numerous people about problems they encountered, leaving them unable to register. Some said they could not choose appointments after August, while others said they could only choose August 30th. Well, that is not a surprise at all that there's some kind of scam going on within the vaccination process here in Thailand. It doesn't at all surprise me. And I'm sure you're not surprised either. I heard a story today about a guy who registered or tried to register. So let me explain first. The AIS True DTAC and NT registration to your mobile phone is only for Thai people. Foreigners cannot register because you must have a 13 digit Thai ID. So I heard of a guy who is a naturalized Thai citizen, but his ID number starts with an eight, I think, which denotes that he is a naturalized Thai citizen. So he tried to register on the app and it kept denying him. It wouldn't let him do it. Now, this man is a Thai citizen. He gave up his citizenship of his other country to become a Thai citizen. And then he started contacting TrueMove. And the reply he got back on the chat was, yes, no, you can't register because you're not of Thai race. You're only a naturalized citizen. So you can't, this doesn't apply to you. It's only for people born in Thailand. And I mean, really, when you read stuff like this, you just think to yourself, what is the mindset behind some of these people? You can see in this situation as well, there's nothing but scams going on, corruption within it, volunteers charging people to register them. I mean, I also think about the people who are being scammed. You don't know how to register using your mobile phone. 
You can operate Facebook, Twitter, you know, TikTok. You can make videos, but you can't register for a vaccine on your mobile phone. And you're willing to pay somebody 1200 baht to do it? It's crazy. Absolute craziness. But I just wonder in your country where you are now, has there been any kind of scandals in relation to vaccines or has it kind of been a pretty smooth process with no alleged corruption in it? I mean, this is the first I've heard in any country that I can recollect where there's been corruption alleged at vaccination centers. But I'd love to know wherever you are in the world, whether or not corruption has existed in the vaccination process.